eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. What's up, guys? Uh, it's Kay Johnson here from the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. I just wanted you guys to know that the UK base, Full10Yards.com, has their 2021 NFL Draft Guide coming out April 1st. So go go check it out. Go go buy it. Over 200 players, including myself, are being scouted on there. Um, get your pre-orders in now. Check it out. Hello, and welcome to the Full 10 Yards Cultural Podcast. Uh, we're back after... Uh... A little bit of a break from uh, scouting talk, but we're going to get back on the hype now. We did obviously a mock draft last week, cursed mock draft that took a couple of weeks to get out and then took me twice to edit. Uh, it was hard work. But anyway, less of that, less of my woes and more of the draft scouting. We're going to move back, as I said, to the next couple of weeks back into scouting. And we're going to talk about players that we didn't mention through our uh, first run through of all the positions on offense and defense. This week, we're going to start off with the defense. So we're going to talk about defensive players that... We didn't really give a mention to, we've got a couple between us, a smaller group today. We've got Raj and we've got Kieran. Boys, welcome you in. How's everything going? All good from here. Now, another week's closer to the to the draft and free agencies around the corner. So, yeah, exciting times ahead. Absolutely. Yeah, completely agree. Kieran, my mate, what are you, what are you up to? You all right? Yeah, draft's coming up. Very excited. Patriots have a bunch of money too. You know, hopefully we're not as... Uh, tepid as we are in most other free agency cycles but I'm, I'm looking forward to how football's going to be coming into next season ah, to be fair I'm here with two AFC East fans so I'm the one who's looking a bit like a pauper over here being the Chargers with uh, about 40 million in cash you guys have got way more than us so I'm a bit fearful if you guys are going to take off us or you know beat us too really so uh, yeah let's look at that yeah I'm a bit scared of that to be honest with you a bit scared of that let's, <laughs> let's talk about that one to be honest with you we'll take Joe Tinney off you there Kieran <laughs> You're welcome to him, mate. <laughs> well, well, we'll see about that. Anyway, I like we'll, him, but it's a big cap hit. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get into free agency a little bit with the draft head on in the coming weeks. But uh, yeah, like I say, we're going to talk about some uh, defensive players that um, have been you know catching our eye, but we didn't kind of give them their dues previously on the podcast. So I'm going to just kick us off with a guy who has impressed um, very very recently. Actually, I'm going to talk about Jason Owe from Penn State. Obviously. What you guys are going to talk about? What combine was it at? Or was it just a pro day when he ran this insane time? Raj, I think you posted it in our group chat. What yeah, was that? I think it, I think it was a pro day, um, but can't hundred percent confirm. It was on uh, Matt Miller's tweet uh, yesterday. Um, but yeah, it, you you can fire quick. away in terms of uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, in terms of what it was it was ridiculously quick. So we're t- we're looking at a guy who you know, Fred Joshua, he's he's medium sized. You know, he's not. The smallest of edge rusher, he's not, you know, look, not looking like a Brian Burns kind of player. We're looking at, you know, a, a pretty decent size edge rusher, 6'5", about 260. He ran a 4-3-4, which would be good for like a running back in some senses, wouldn't it? It's like a bigger running back. And you know what? I think that's going to make him drafted in the first round. I think that's really going to pump it up. I think that someone who's going to overreact to this 40 time. There's plenty of candidates who kind of buy into this stuff way too much. And do you know what? I was watching OA obviously for the season guide, which uh, sorry the draft guide, which is out now by the way for pre-orders. So go over to fulltonehours.com, have a little order on that one, and and get yourself all of our work. And when I was watching him not too long ago, I was a bit nonplussed if I'm going to be honest. But you know we can add in 
this insane time to the stuff that I already saw, which was, you know, good backside pursue, good thick lower half. You know, he's got the size, as I mentioned before, very, very quick twitch, as he's proven, you know. And he's got that versatility to line from the middle outwards all, all the way out to wide nine. And I didn't know where to place him because the production obviously isn't good, but, you know, and obviously edge rushers don't run 40 yards in a straight line very often, you know, barely ever at all, unless they're chasing down a long touchdown run or something like that. But this just shows, it kind of speaks to an overall athleticism that I feel like someone's going to fall in love with come the draft. I've got my eye on the Baltimore Ravens. Like this back end of the first, I think, what, they like 27 or something like that? Maybe a touch earlier. They need an edge rusher. They, you know, they just basically let them ping the ears back, don't they, in Martindale's defense. So I just feel like Jason Owe is going to really shoot up the draft boards. And he's one to watch for sure, and not someone that we kind of paid too much attention to. He's very, very young. He's only redshirt for sophomore. So he's got a lot of growth to do. But in a way, that's kind of a good thing because he's got the time on his side as well. It's not got any growth to do when he's kind of redshirt senior or something like that. You know, he's going to be one of the youngest um, or younger prospects in this year's draft. And uh, yeah, I just feel like that is going to set him apart because I don't feel like um, you're going to see an edge rusher really run that sort of thing for a long time. Because I think it's up in the 98, 99% off edge rushers on mock draftable. So yeah, someone to watch out for, for absolute sure. He's just putting himself on the map with that um, 4-3-4 time in that 40-yard dash. And um, yeah, he's got a decent little skill set to go with it as well. Raj, I'll come over to you because you're going to talk about a bunch of guys. Um, I'll let you kind of, I'll let you introduce it yourself. Yeah, so Ohio State have got four linebackers draft eligible this year. So I think a lot of, lot of people will be sort of wondering how they fit in in terms of this year's draft, um, uh, who's likely to go earlier than the others, um, what kind of, uh, traits they have and how, how do they transfer into the NFL. Um, so I'll start with who I believe will be drafted first in, in terms of the four linebackers that I'm going to talk about today, and that's Baron Browning. Um, so Browning is uh, 6'3", 241. Um, he's a five-star recruit. Um, he's a senior. Um, 2019 was his really real breakout year. Um, he can play uh, Sam, Mike, or Will. Um he played more of a Mike linebacker role in 2020. Um, so he was the leader of that defense and calling the play. So that really does show that he, he can sort of be a, a, a sort of a, a leader in the NFL um, and, and has that intelligence and football smarts that I think is really crucial for your modern day linebacker. Um, when running his 40 time at high school, it was in, in the mid four fives. So, it just jumps off the page when, when you when you watch him. It's the athleticism, and you can see that speed really translate and, uh, into his tape. Um, he he can he can play a variety of roles. He can play in coverage. He can play uh, both uh, edge blitz packages. Um, he he can do a lot of things very well. Um, but there's not really a standout piece to his game that I would say right. He is he's brilliant at, at one particular thing. He's, he's very, very solid. Um, the one thing that I've noticed in his tape is he has very good eyes and eyes are really important for linebackers because in today's NFL, where you have uh, the likes of Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, these guys need to have really good eyes in terms of understanding sort of what, what, what these kind of quarterbacks are doing and having that twitch once they recognize what these quarterbacks are doing. It's very easy if you have good eyes, but you're not football smart, then uh, you're very reactionary and, and, and you end up being completely out of position. Whereas with Browning, he's, he, he, he has that the eyes, but the football IQ to go alongside with it. Um, I think it, it, in the NFL, he can 
obviously he currently plays in the four three, so he can play uh, multiple linebacking spots. He's a three down linebacker, but obviously he can play in the in a three four defense, both uh, probably more in, in interior, uh, sorry inside. Um, and um, I can see him going in round two. Uh, he did impress in the senior bowl, and he was was coached by the Dolphins. Um, so there could be an obvious thing there with um, with Miami. He's probably a bigger version of Jerome Baker. Um, so, and Jerome Baker was a former Ohio State linebacker as well. Um, so I can see him going definitely round two, uh, possibly round more of a round two guy. Um, then in comparison, you've got uh, Pete Werner, great name. Uh, sounds like, I don't know, a gardener or something like that. But, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, no, very similar uh, uh, measurable, 6'3", again, in the 240s. He's not as athletic as... Um, as Baron Browning, I think that 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 is really sort of obvious. I think it really showed up in the Alabama game. I, the linebacking group really was exposed by the likes of Devontae Smith in the, in the college championship finals. But out of all of them, Browning was performed best out of the, the, the others versus the other, others that I'll discuss today. With Werner, he's very similar. He can play Sam, Will, Mike. Um, he's not as fluid in the hips as, as Browning. Um, and he's he's not as athletic. He's a solid linebacker, but he's he's not as speedy. He's not as switchy. And, and like I've said, with the eyes and the twitch, I think that's really important in in regards to the, what differentiates Browning versus Werner. Um, I can see him going in sort of the end of day two, so possibly round three, or at the start of day three in, in round four. Um, and and yeah, again, he'll be a, a three down linebacker. Uh, in, in the NFL, a solid, a solid piece for sort of a defense that wants to have the depth uh, as well as someone that can, can be like a solid, a solid player in, in the pro level. Um, next is uh, Tough Borland. So he's sort of hasn't got the athletic traits that Browning and Werner have. He's six, six foot, 229 pounds, four star recruit, again, a senior. And um, the one thing that stands out with him is, is he's tough. He's, he's the captain. Uh, he's one of the Ohio State captains. Um, to, to signal out his, tough, his toughness in 2018, he had an Achilles injury and he came back that same year um, and, and, and played. So that is some serious toughness there. But one of those things with the Achilles injury, that really does compromise the speed. Um, in, in, and that shows in the 2019 and in the 2020 tape. Um, Borland, you will see, again, I'll, I'll point back to the Alabama game, there was a play where De uh, Devontae Smith ran a go route and absolutely smoked him, I think, for like a 40-yard 40, 40 touchdown. And you watch Borden try and chase him back and he's trailing through mud. And it's his coverage skills are a big downfall in terms of um, what, what, we, what a linebacker sort of expected in the pro level. Um, he's a, a day three guy. He's being a captain, he's probably a special teamer with a rotational role um, uh, for one of these teams, but he, I wouldn't say he's an instant starter. Um, his athleticism is, is the one thing that really holds him, holds him back. And, um, and yeah, if, if he's a captain, then obviously in the special teams side of the game, then he can, he can add value there. Kieran. Do you think he, yeah. Do you think with obviously the questions about his athleticism, that he could still make an impact uh, on like as like a sub package edge rusher or something, or do you not think he possesses the sort of power to do that? 
Um, I, I think he's better in the run game more than, than as an edge rusher. I think he, he's, he's more of a downhill thumper. Um, as, as a sort of an edge rusher on, on blitz practice, I can't really see him making an impact there. I just think his athleticism and um, just his twitch isn't really there. I think having the Achilles injury really held him sort of held him back going forward. Um, I don't know. I, I, look, I look at someone like who the Dolphins had last year, Landon Roberts, someone like that who's a downhill thumper. Can, he's, he's a good tackler, Borland, but it's just that, that twitchiness and that athleticism. I don't think he, he will be uh, sort of a good edge rusher going forward. That's just my opinion on what I've seen on the tape. More run support sort of guy then. Just uh, slot him in on certain, you know, maybe 20 plays a game. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. A rotational piece, most most definitely. He's definitely not a three-down linebacker like uh, Werner and, and Browning. He's more of a sort of a, a run stuff. I totally agree there. Um, and then finally, I'll move on to Justin Hilliard. Now, Hilliard, I believe he's 24 years old. He's, he's been at a higher state for six years. Reason being, he's had some terrible injury um, luck. Yeah, I think he's had two big Achilles injuries. Um and again, it's one of those things when, when you have such big injuries, he's, um, it, it, it's led to a compromise in, again, his athleticism. He, he really showed up at the end of 2020, though, which is fair play to him because um, there's a, a lot of players, if you have two big injuries and, and, and don't, are not draft eligible till you're 24, may just give up the game. But he's, he's, he's declared for the draft. Um, and in 2020, he, again, is, is more a run stuffer than... than uh, coverage linebacker. Um, he, like all the Ohio State linebackers, he, he can play uh, all the way across across the line, but he's probably more of a Sam linebacker, so um, that's probably his best position in the NFL. Um, one fun fact about him, about him is in 2019, he was actually invited to the uh, WWE uh, Performance Center to do an externship. So if the NFL didn't, uh, didn't pan out for him, he could be I don't know, Stone Cold Justin Hilliard or, or whatever, whatever he wants to be. Um, again, well, the red flags are there in terms of uh, his injury history. Um, and he, he may get drafted late in, 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 on day three or, or potentially be undraftable. But again, I think when you come back from two serious injuries, that really does show mental toughness and to, to perform at a, at a, a level it, uh, at the back end of the 2020 season against Clemson and, and Alabama, um, teams might like that kind of piece again in the special teams unit, um, in the locker room, um, sort of tough. Um, and um, yeah, that's all the Ohio State linebackers I've covered. They've, they've got, I think, eight defensive draft eligible players this year. Um, so um, they are stacked at that uh, across the defense. But um thought I'd cover all four linebackers and, and, and say how they compare to one another. Yeah, I like it. I like the rundown for sure. I mean, I think Baron Browning, for sure, just kind of go straight back to the top of what you said. He's really risen up the boards, hasn't he, over the uh, the past few weeks and, and things like that. And um, yeah, it's a really talented group, isn't it? I think we've got a couple of position groups throughout you know the whole of college football that are kind of all coming out together. You know, we've got the TCU safeties, for example. We've got this group of linebackers. We've got a couple of corners on a couple of teams that are kind of coming out all at the same time. And they're a really fun position group to watch. Like you say, Baron Browning is, is a very, really good player. And he's one that's like kind of a bit of a late round riser for, for me personally. And um, someone, even though I don't really like looking at linebackers, but definitely someone that makes me sit up and take notice for sure. So, so yeah, um, yeah. It's, uh, 
it's definitely one to watch because, like you say, round two, you said that's round, you know, round two for Baron Browning, but that's pretty high in terms of linebackers this year, isn't it? You know, in terms of the, the depth that we've got there in this class, it's not too deep at the top. So, yeah, one to watch out for, for sure. Um, Kieran, what about yourself? We'll come to you next. And now I've been singing this guy's praises <laughs> ever since I've watched tape on him because he is a ridiculous talent. And that is cornerback out of Washington, Elijah Molden. Uh, and the big reason he's not looked at on many draft boards right now is literally his height. He's a short king, 5'10 and a three quarters. I rounded up to 5'11 in the draft. Uh, uh, 190 pounds. He's not a big dude, but where he shines on the field, he might as well be a quarterback. He is His football IQ is ridiculous. And where he might not, you know, he's not super fast. His deep speed isn't amazing. And he is obviously a bit of a midget. But apart from that, he's got the full package that you want at corner. He's got... He never gets his eyes caught in the backfield. He's got amazing pattern matching. He recognizes root trees, rarely gets caught with a double move. I don't think he got caught with a double move at all in his senior year. And he's just been amazing. Like all the way through his entire college career, he's been an absolute baller. He he is what a team like, like I said um, earlier, like what the Bills need to take them to the next level. A guy who can keep command on the field, recognizes what's going on, analyzes offenses correctly. And he, any team he goes to, he's going to take to the next level in terms of their secondary. This is a controversial take, but I'm going to say I'm all here for controversy. I've done it before saying Miami had an elite defense last year. I wasn't wrong last year. I said the bills were going to be super pole contenders. I wasn't wrong. I said, Josh Allen was an MVP. I wasn't wrong. Elijah Molden is better than Patrick Sertain. And that is a fact because although Patrick Sertain's got things you can't teach like height and length, Elijah Molden has got things that players rarely learn even after 10 plus years in the league. His IQ is absolutely ridiculous. And what he lacks in like physical stature and athletic gifts, he makes up for. He Diagnoses plays preemptively. His awareness of alignment, move, quarterback's hand movement, eye movement, everything he does is on point. And there's no way you're going to catch this guy. I understand that the NFL is a different level, but this guy reads quarterbacks perfectly. He reads their eyes perfectly to decipher the intent that they're using. He knows what uh, packages teams are going to be running. This guy must study so much tape. It's unreal. And you see him when you watch him on tape, he's analyzing every little thing an offense does to the quarterback's hand gestures, to where receivers are lining up, to who's stepping first. He is absolutely unreal. And I think even if you're not playing impressed against the line or anything, he's going to recognize what's going on. And he can immediately switch to run stop in when he realizes it's a run play. He can immediately um, diagnose a re- re- receiver's route, even when it's sort of like you see some corners, especially at the uh, college level, as a receiver like progresses through his route, sometimes guys can get caught at the top of root trees because they're not as familiar with guys. You don't see that with Elijah Molden. And he gives 110% on every single play. He's an absolute grinder. And it comes, I think, from his physical stature. He works twice as hard as guys like Patrick Sertain and stuff like that who have the physical abilities because he knows that he doesn't, 
you know, possess the physical abilities. His click and close ability is amazing. And he just makes plays. Uh, and I think if you're looking, look, I didn't grade him as this because I know we've got to somewhat be in line with what other people are saying to not be too controversial. But I think Elijah Moulton is without a doubt the best corner in this draft. And it's not even close. Mm, interesting. Like you say, I mean, it's um, it's a spicy take, but if you think it, if you believe it, and obviously you clearly do, I mean, you've spoken about him on a couple of pods now, haven't you? So, um, yeah, go for it. I mean, he's a really good corner. He's a really, really good corner. Um, do you think he can play outside, though, given his dimensions? I was going to ask the same question, because, um, you know, uh, sort of his, his measurables. I look at someone like Brent Grimes, who was a, a short uh, cornerback, who was athletic as well. Do you think he could he could play that kind of role uh, in today's NFL? I think he can, but just because, like I mentioned about like his pattern matching and stuff, he if he's, especially even if he's playing outside, he tends to play in guys' pockets, which just means he's disruptive. And if you watch when he breaks passes up, despite the height and maybe the length a little bit, he still manages to attack the point, like the high point of the ball every single time. Like... Yeah, he, he's just a playmaker and he has a good eye for things. So I think he can adjust his movement and where he is when he plays on the outside because he knows, he just knows football well. So like he knows how everything works. So when he will play outside, he can adjust himself to fit that role perfectly. I don't think it's the ideal role for him. But like I said, if you pair him with a top corner like uh, Trey White or maybe like a JC Jackson, He's going to be an absolute killer because you're not going to expect this guy who's this size to be as good as he is. And he he knows his limitations as well. So I doubt they would stick him outside as much knowing his limitations. But even then, he knows how to play the ball perfectly and he can use his he can use his intellect to augment what his physical abilities maybe lack when he's playing outside because he knows exactly where to be to attack the ball, exactly where to be to to stop passes, despite the fact that he might be overmatched by a bigger guy. And one of the other things that um, I know you mentioned last, last week or a couple of weeks ago is what you love to see in corners is tackling. Um, has he got that trait for you in terms of um, his ability? In, in, yeah, in he loves to tackle as well. Like he rap, like his wrapping up isn't necessarily top tier, but he's a very willing tackler, and that's something we talk about with corners is being a willing tackler. A couple of years ago, Greedy Williams got drafted, and I love Greedy Williams. I thought at LSU he was fantastic, but one thing he lacked was being a willing tackler. Now the difference between a willing tackler and a good tackler is massive because um, good tacklers can wrap up and they know how to do it technique-wise perfectly. But the willing part of that means that they're willing to lay a hit down and potentially get run over by, you know, going for that tackle correctly. And he loves to tackle. Like I said, he's not elite in terms of wrapping people up, but he loves to lay a hit on somebody. He loves to get their hands on him. And and I think that is another thing that benefits him because he knows that that is a very important part of being a, a top level cornerback. Like I said, there's a lot of guys, if you look at Denzel Ward, how much does that guy lo- love to just lay the smack down on people? And, and and that's why he's such a good corner, because he's not afraid 
that he might get rattled laying someone out, but he loves to tackle. And, and I think that that's very rare in corners today. And you only really see corners who love to tackle in like the Jalen Ramseys and the Denzel Wards of the world. Mm, very, very controversial. But also you can back it up as well with some succinct arguments as well. So I like it. I want to pick your, I want to pick your, well, I've got bones to pick with you. And I mentioned this to you on the weekend, didn't I? There's a player that you've graded for our draft guide. Really, really low. And I just wanted, I don't, I'm not coming from a point of attack. I'm not coming to say, you know, I disagree. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, but I just want to kind of get your takes on it. And it's Aaron Robinson from UCF. Like yeah. I, I know that he's like, what is he like second bottom or something like that in, the, in your rankings? And you've graded around, you know, just under 30 corns, haven't you, for us? But yeah. he's a player that, um, I was watching Richard Ranks, obviously I've done safeties for the, for the, the guide. And, he, Aaron Robinson was jumping off the page. You know, as you, you know, when you're watching film, you get the guys that just jump off the page, don't they? When you watch another guy, and Aaron Robinson was that guy. Like, what is it that you don't like? And I know that I've kind of read it into on, on the pages that you've done things like that, but I kind of want to get it out there. What, what is it that you don't like or didn't like? I, I think he lacks the proper finesse to be a high level corner, and his spacing is not great at times. He really gets lost on the field. He can lose track of the ball really easily as well sometimes. And I'm not saying like he doesn't watch the ball correctly, but if he gets his head turned around too much, he's just completely lost. And yeah, I just, here's the thing. I've gone into this trying not to read what other people have written about these guys. And it wasn't until after I'd sort of like watched a lot of film on him and started getting notes down about him that I saw what people have said about him. But I I just didn't see it. And I could very well be wrong. I mean, it doesn't happen often. I'm pretty good at what I do. But it, I just don't see, like, what all the hype is about around him. Because while he's good, um, I think it's the level of competition he's going up against as well, which is why I kind of thought you might be picking on uh, Robert Rochelle at this point from an FCS school. Uh, but, yeah, I just... You know, his ball skills are very ordinary. His instincts are kind of like, he just, his film doesn't speak to me as like a high level corner, but I've, I've got him going where I've got him because I know there's hype around him, but I just think in the NFL, he's going to get exposed. And I just mentioned it with Greedy Williams as well. A guy, a lot of people were high on. I should have been high on him given the school he came from, the greatest <laughs> school on earth, DBU, like <laughs> but yeah, but I just wasn't that high on him. I didn't think he had the the what it takes to make it in the NFL. And so far, that's been proven true. He's not been great. And I, I sort of see that with Robinson as well. I don't think he's elite. And I don't think a team should waste a pick on him. Like, even going where I've got him going, I don't think people should waste any more than a fourth or fifth round pick on him. Mm. Interesting. No, he just he just starts me because he just seems to, although you know, not pinging down uh, interceptions, but he did, did seem to be around the football. He did seem to be kind of busy physical with guys, and you know, he's probably going to be like a slot corner in the NFL, and you're going to need that scrappy tendency. You're going to need the the sort of leaping ability that you display. When, like I say, I wasn't actually watching him in particular because I was watching Richard Grant, so I was watching the secondary. But yeah, he just seemed to jump off the page, and I was just a bit surprised that you had him rated so I know, lowly. I noticed as well. He does struggle to take angles. Which is why probably even at slot, he might struggle a bit because it, it, also he gets really lost at the top of a receiver's root tree. Like he, he just, you know, he, he kind of falls apart a little bit. He's got a lot of athletic ability, that's for sure. And he's going to a very good school, but I think he just looks better given the competition he's playing against because he, he doesn't 
You know, he he doesn't display what I consider elite cornerback him, but mm. yeah, he he's he's okay. But like, that's all he's ever going to be for me. And I hope he proves me wrong. I would never root on a player's downfall unless it was you know Big Ben or Tyreek Hill. <laughs> but as as they go, I think. I, like, I hope he's going to be successful and he, he, he can be successful, but he has a lot to learn. And if he's going to learn anything, yeah, the NFL is a place to do it. But I really think he would maybe fit uh, on a team with veteran cornerback tandems that can really like help him take angles better, stick to players' hips better, recognize patterns a little bit better and stuff like that. Just just to take his game to the next level, because physically he, he he's all there. It's just there's a lot of things in his game that I don't like. Sure. No, I completely agree. I mean, in some senses, obviously I don't agree completely, but um, I don't think he's an elite corner by any means. I just don't think he's, to me, you know, from I wasn't watching him in particular, but he definitely jumped off the page, you know, and people don't jump off the page if they're a kind of late day three guy to me, you know, they're going to jump off the page if they're, you know, going to be in the you know day two sort of conversation, but you know, I completely respect your opinion. Obviously, you've watched him way more than I have. And um, it wasn't just one game as well, which kind of, you know, it wasn't just a flash in the pan. Oh, we had a pretty good series there or, you know, a good game here. It was like, like all the way through this Richard Gantt tape. I was like, who's this guy with dreadlocks who's playing playing, <laughs> playing corner for him? We've got to look this guy up and, you know, like I say, Lust looked him up. And then I was going through the edit and I was like, oh my God, what's going on here? This is like <laughs> some sort of... Some sort of blasphemy has gone on here, but no, no, completely. To be honest, mate, it, it wouldn't be me if there wasn't one mildly <laughs> controversial take. I don't, I don't think uh, it, it, you say a lot of things about me, but I don't ever have like milk toast plain takes. <laughs> that is very, very true, my friend. It's, it's like your uh, Kellen Mon first round draft prediction. Was it last week in your in our second, mock draft? Second round. Second round. Who, who did you have first? Oh, Carl Trask in the first, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two yeah. very good quarterbacks. Look, you might not agree with what I say, but I say it with chest. <laughs> always, <laughs> always. Um, look, I think we'll round it up there. We've uh, we've given a bit of a bite-sized podcast in comparison to what we've done previously over the past few weeks. We've given you some absolute monsters with our mock draft and over little bits and pieces. So there's just a little flavour, some extra defensive guys for you, for you guys who are kind of building up to draft weekend and kind of wanting to, to get your teeth into these prospects. Hopefully we'll be able to you know, get this guide out to you very, very soon. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll kind of have all your, the full array of takes in there from all of us. Um, but yeah, let's give out some handles and let's get out of here after this, uh, this bite-sized podcast. So I'll start with you, Raj. Where can we find you? Yeah, so it's at the underscore Garch on Twitter. Um, yeah, running up to the draft. It's all it's all, uh, all hands on deck on, on giving out information and retweeting. And um, please uh, order your draft guide. Um, it's going towards uh, a great cause and a lot of hard work has been done by the team to, to get this out. So um, yeah, you can find it on, on my Twitter handle as well as uh, all the other guys' Twitter handles as well. Absolutely. And um, I'm sure you'll be there with us. I know you joined a little bit late to the party after it was in its last stages, but I'm sure you'll be there with us next year for next year's edition when it gets bigger and better. Kieran, what about yourself? Where, where's the other place that we can find you? You're very, you're very active on Instagram. You don't need to give, you need to give out that Instagram handle a little bit more because you're probably the most active out of us all on there. I mean, yeah, I'm probably going to change it soon, but right now on Instagram, it's Dust Covered Cleats or True Hybrid KP. And then I got two because, you know, why not? Um, but no, basically, it's because when I first came to America, I, obviously, I got my phone stolen on the first day and I couldn't recover my Instagram for about eight months. It was kind of ridiculous. Um, and yeah, at the Himbo F10Y on the Twitter. Yeah, just excited to be giving spicy takes to everyone. Uh, 
you know, that I even said the other day on Twitter, and I hope you guys hold me to this, if the Patriots don't sign Jimmy G, I'll shave my head and have a handlebar moustache for at least six months. So if, if, if you want to hold me to that, we can have some fun with that. I've been looking to cut my hair for a while now. This is just a nice excuse to do it. I was going to uh, say, yeah. <laughs> might be doing you a favour in terms of the hair. You're halfway to a handlebar as well. Mate, my hair's fallen out like it's on fire. So I just want to go ahead and beat boldness rather than boldness beat me. But yeah, um, the Himbo 14 yards on Twitter. You can catch me arguing with Steelers fans and Buckeyes. Absolutely, as always. And yeah, for me, at Wakefield 98, and I'm usually behind the full-time yards Twitter handle as well, so at full-time yards CFB. So yeah, as Raj said, nice little plug for us there. Uh, come out, come over, come by your draft guide. It's on the pinned tweet. It's uh, from all the full-time yards um, Twitter handles. It's, it's all there. So yeah, come over. And yeah, it goes towards great courts as well. Um, you know, portion of the funds going to Britball uh, in terms of referee courses and uh, coaching courses as well. So we're putting back into the British game. So even if you don't like our spicy takes, just come and give us some money for Britball. It's going to a God's great cause. But yeah, as I said, thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back next week to do the same sort of thing, but for offense. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, Full10yards.com or follow us on Twitter at Full10yards CFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.